If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Not a life coach. I am your host, Debbie. I am a lifelong social idiot doing her best. Not a life coach. And I am Joseph Stone. I don't really remember anything before my iPhone started taking photos. Not a life coach. What are you, what are you guys doing here? I don't I'm very excited. And welcome. So many wonderful podcasts out there. People who actually know what they're talking about. This is not that. It could all be like Keanu. Not a life coach. Uh, we may or may not have any insight on it whatsoever, but we will talk about it. Not a life coach. Not a life coach. Not a life coach. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Not a Life Coach, where we talk about all the stupid stuff we did in our youth and may or may not get around to talking about healthier ways to do things. I'm your host, Debbie, lifelong social idiot doing her best. And I'm Joseph Stone, executive coach by day and dark fantasy novelist by night. And today's topic is the benefits of diversity in the workplace. Um, and Joey, I'm curious how you have seen diversity uh, in the workplace evolve over, over time. Uh, that's a good question because I live someplace that's inherently diverse. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot. We live in this megalopolis called Southern California, where there's every culture um, yeah. present to some extent or not. And um, I remember. Um, having uh, kids around me of every ethnicity and culture. So it was always the norm for me. So when I got to work, um, it, it was kind of staggering just how many old white men there were at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because it, mm-hmm. it didn't at all reflect my experience growing up in school. Yeah. And um, so that was the first thing. Um, I also noticed when I got to Union Bank that I was the only one with a penis in my department of, you know, like 40 Mm. people because the person in charge was a woman and it just turned out she liked hiring females (laughs) more than males. And I pointed this out to her. I was like, do you realize that everyone here is a girl? She's like, it didn't used to be like that. It just turned out that way. I'm like, just turned out that way. (laughs) Just like men. Just happened to hire other men, <laughs> right? It just turns to... out that way. They were just the most qualified. Like <laughs> she had painted the walls, you know, purples and pinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the, they called it the purple palace. I called it the vagina because I swear to God they were everywhere. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, <laughs> but now, but now that that now as I'm getting older and I'm finding other places, I I see the diversity more. I see the the diversity that I saw in my childhood more in real in the workplace. Yeah. So you have that base set, and really what we look now is the diversity of thinking um, mm-hmm. because we're creating teams because we we don't want people to come in 
with biases that never get checked because they're they all think alike. Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, I think one of the things that corporations are finally starting to catch on to is the fact that if their if the diversity of their decision making teams does not reflect the diversity of their customer base, mm-hmm. then they will never be as on target as they could be. It's impossible. Right. Because you don't have the same um, context, yeah. you know, so you're not going to have the same perspective. Um, <laughs> so uh, the team that I, I work on, um, we're, we're not nearly as diverse as we should be. Um, but we're, and we're always kind of complaining about that. And uh, we don't typically hang on to diverse um, new hires because they don't see themselves reflected in the leadership or culture yet, right? Mm -hmm. So it's hard to, unless you hire diverse people into leadership, it's nearly impossible to create a culture that's comfortable for entry-level new hires. Right. Um, And we actually, we had somebody join the team um, who is, you know, a middle-aged white guy from Utah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, this team is so diverse. It's like, it's really big, a big change. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're like, oh, oh boy. Like, <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad he could find you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's interesting that you say like diversity of thinking because, um, there, there is this push and pull um, where, where I work about what diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging should look like. And I think we all agree that at some point that should mean true diversity, um, you know, meaning people of, uh, you know, different, um, you know, neuro... I don't even know what you call it, like neurodiverse and neurotypical. You know what I mean? Like a mix of, mm. of neurodiverse, neurotypical, uh, a mix of, you know, orientations and identities and, you know, uh, race and culture and all of these different things. But the resources devoted to making it a truly diverse, inclusive, equitable place of belonging are still really small, right? Because yeah. it actually does take a lot of resources to to turn that bus around. And so there has been um, a focus on anti-racism because you you have to start with the people who are most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And and I 100% believe that. At the same time, we're, we're not really hitting diversity if we're only focusing on anti-racism but the pie is still sliced too thin you know so it's like there's there's constantly this push and pull of it's the anti-racism aspect is never going to be good enough to move on from you know what i mean like you can't ever move on from it the only answer is to put more resources into it that's because you can't stop doing the one thing to do the other you have to expand and yeah. when is it an appropriate time, you know, to do that? Um, but, you know, I, th- I think part of it, too, is that um, I think a lot of, you know, straight white men in leadership 
don't they don't see what they what they can't relate to. And so they believe in diversity because they know logically it's the right thing to do. And maybe they've read the studies and they know logically it's effective. But then when they're confronted with something that doesn't align to their own experience, mm -hmm. they still can't believe it. So like if it's they're uncomfortable for them. So they, they already are suspicious. Yeah. And they just don't have the context. So like they could be told, hey, you're going about this thing all wrong. And they and they're being told that by, you know, uh, somebody who is reflective of, of our more diverse, um, you know, clientele. Right. And they're saying like, hey, you're you're missing the mark on this because X, Y, Z. And in their mind, it's like, OK, this is the moment we've prepared for this. <laughs> we hired this person specifically for this perspective and they're telling me this thing, but it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't align with my experience. It doesn't, you know, it's not logical in my brain because I don't have that context. Am I going to believe that person and take a leap of faith despite it being against my instincts or as a leader, am I going to continue to trust my instincts over others and guess what usually wins uh the problem really is i think for a lot of people that once they build a certain efficacy in their workplace they trust on on those tools and those tools can have glaring holes in them but they never mm -hmm. see them until they're confronted with genuine diversity of thought and they lose all self-confidence so mm -hmm. Um, to avoid the uncomfortable feeling of that loss, they just pretend it never happened to continue on the way that they feel most comfortable um, in working. The the thing that I see playing out um, in a lot of places this this is not um, this is certainly not exclusive to where I work, but they have DEI or DEIB or whatever they decide to call it initiatives. And it's, it's a perfect word for what they do because they initiate, they don't follow through. Mm -hmm. They just initiate. And that's a real problem. So for example, I have been pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for us to adopt a real plan to build psychological safety in field teams because field teams especially have to rely so heavily on the culture of their team because when they're out in the field, you can't control the outside culture. And so we send people to places that are sundown towns. Um, and that's a problem if they mm -hmm. don't feel supported. I mean, it's a problem, period, but it's a bigger problem if they don't feel supported. Um, and so they, they have these trainings about psychological safety and they train the managers. Oh, this is what psychological safety is. It's a good thing. Da, 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 da. Okay. But how do you do it on a practical level? And then how do you sustain it exactly over time? How do you measure it over time? And I've literally given them, I've handed them a training on it, a follow-up plan and a measurement, um, 
what's the word instrument right mm-hmm. like a, like and i've said here's exactly how you do it and they just don't adopt it they just don't do it yeah and it doesn't make any sense to them no because it's easier to just give the one-time training and say that they've done it and say now it's on the managers right mm-hmm. but it doesn't that's never going to happen you know and like <sighs> they have to want to change they do and and the, a lot of the managers don't want to change they don't see anything wrong with how things are currently being done and they don't want to hear that people don't feel psychologically safe um on and, and and it it's it's not just that it it's the very viewpoint of seeing that there's something wrong there doesn't it isn't wrong it's just it could be so much better if you took yes. into account these little things and and they don't do it because oh well now i have to change and i was so good at what i do yeah even though it's not good for everyone yeah and what i've proposed isn't even all of it like that's even still just scratching the surface because i think what people don't understand is that it is a it is a long process of being very consistent that actually makes change yeah. and they can they, they constantly just stop after a couple of steps so like yes you can hire diverse people great that's like who gets invited to the dinner party right okay <laughs> so they're all invited to the dinner party but now you have to make it equitable. So, okay, who has a chair at the table? Who has utensils? Who can reach the food? Uh, can everybody do that equally? Okay, that's equity. Great. Now, you need psychological safety to get from there to inclusion. Do people feel safe to contribute to the dinner party conversation? That's inclusion. And then how much are their contributions valued? Are they helping plan the party? Are they helping plan the menu? Are they helping plan picking the, you know, the playlist that you're listening? Are they helping plan taking, you know, the topics that are discussed at the dinner table? Is it their party too? That's how are you reinforcing it? Yeah. Right. That's belonging. When they feel like it's their party too. And you're valuing it and everybody is listened, truly listened to, not just heard, really listened to. And you're making actions that they're shaping equally is along with everybody else. That's belonging, right? And that's where you see the benefits in the workplace is when you have gotten all the way to belonging. And you can put in a ton of effort But if you stop before belonging, you will never see the benefit of that effort. And so I think what a lot of people do in the workplace is they start these initiatives and they either kind of limp along with it to check a box of, you know, diversity or they say, well, it's not really giving us any returns. And so they give up. But it's because they didn't understand where you had to get to. Right. You know, and they didn't commit. All the the returns through. are farther down the road. You just gave up. It's much like right. dieting. I think that's the perfect analogy. 
I know what I should be eating.、Mm. I know the benefits of not drinking and eating green things, and how、mm-hmm. it'll improve my skin and lengthen my life and, and change my overall well-being. But you're talking about forever, and I just want to do this for seven days, and that's my max. Yeah, yeah. It's like that—that that is a good point. Like to truly get to belonging, it's a lifestyle change. It's a cultural yeah, change. It、exactly. is a long-term, permanent path. Um. Yeah, and nothing. <laughs> it's like um. Hiring hiring somebody that doesn't look like you, that is the one time on the treadmill that makes you feel good about yourself. <laughs> But you're not you're not actually doing anything. I I've pointed this out to hiring managers before,、um, or like like VPs that that have to do like、uh, meet and greets for some new VP coming in, and and they get there and they're like, I really like that guy. We really think the same, <laughs> and、yeah. they get all excited because it's a diversity candidate. You know, there's he's gay or he's Mexican or he's black or something, and and they're like, "Wow, he'll fit right in to the way I think." <laughs> right, right. Like people who are so concerned about culture fits, your your business better be the the best on the planet and running like a well oiled machine. And you are crushing all of the competition, <laughs> and every single your your customer satisfaction surveys are a hundred percent across the board. Then, please, by all means, hire culture fits. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was my favorite part of、uh, the office, the TV show with Steve Carell, because like、oh. he he managed to embody all the problems <laughs> and make them funny in that little environment. I'm like. He he actually didn't like anybody that didn't get his jokes because that's how he communicated. Right. <laughs> if you, if you couldn't laugh at you know that's what she said, you were just of no use to him in that world. <laughs> right. Right. It's so yeah. No, that's that is so spot on. Um, and we, I'll give you an example. Like where where I work, um, they're solving, uh. The the quote unquote diversity problem, which it's not just a diversity problem as we've discussed, but they're doing it by putting people of color in charge of white people's discomfort. <laughs> like they don't have enough shit to deal with. <laughs> but、And、wait, there's more. <laughs> it's the it's like you guys like. It it is very important to get the perspective of people of color. It is very important for them to be in decision making roles. But if the decision making roles that you put them in charge of is like very specifically diversity, equity, and inclusion, like you're you're telling them that like that's their It's tokenism. It's tokenism.、Mm-hmm. You know,、um, in my in my group, I started the the、um, DEIB group essentially, like on on our state team. And、uh, one of my closest friends on the team is、um, a, a black woman, and she had been asked over and over and over again, 
hey, do you want to do this DEIB thing? Do you want to do this DEIB? Do you want to do this? And she goes, no, I don't like, I don't, that's not my thing. I don't study it. I don't have anything to contribute on the matter, like other than my own personal experience. And like, I don't like, she didn't want her own personal experience as a black woman to define her. She is a, a brilliant professional. She is an amazing manager of people. And that's what she wants to be recognized for. And that's how she wants her voice to be elevated, right? Meanwhile, nobody fucking asked me a thing. Nobody asked me to be a part of anything because I look like this, mm-hmm. right? Um, and again, I like 100% on board with anti-racism first. But it's interesting that it doesn't matter... Like they still haven't, they still haven't gotten uh, their mind around the fact that diversity is much more than race. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have uh, we have ERGs, employee resource groups, um, for people with varying identities, and I'm I'm literally in three of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, we were at an ERG meetup. And somebody was going, oh, you know, you so see you're part of the black ERG, you're part of the Asian ERG, you're part of the Latin ERG. And then they came to me and I'm like, yeah, I'm white. See, now you got to guess. <laughs> 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 How is this white lady marginalized? <laughs> it's funny you say that. My, my boss now, she's part of uh, the diversity team for uh, General Dynamics throughout North America. And... Um, if you met her, you would immediately be like, what? <laughs> she's, you know, she's got a very, you know, Anglo-Saxon white name. And um, mm-hmm. she looks like Barbie. She talks like Barbie. She talks like a valley girl. She, There's nothing uh, stereotypically diverse about her whatsoever. And I was like, how? What? She said, oh, my name used to be Chavez. And they didn't know who I was. And so they invited me. <laughs> It's because I was married to. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, I have it. So I have a friend who, um, a white girl, um, and uh, she had a hard time getting hired. Um, for uh, her specialty is English language learners. She's trilingual. Um, she grew up in a largely Hispanic, um you know, population or whatever. Mm. Um, But she had a a hard time uh, getting hired until her last name uh, was ethnic. (laughs) So it it happens, you know, but the, the, you know, I, I always tiptoe around stuff like that because I, I hate when people cry reverse racism, you know what I mean? Cause that's not a thing. But, um, <laughs> but it, it also, it, it just, it speaks to the, again, like the tokenism of people of color and it's really insulting that they ask people of color to be involved in that shit when they're not asking to be like if they apply for the job and they have the background like yeah then like that experience is going to come in real handy but um, <laughs> like we have this problem at work 
um, because there's this uh, society, Black Engineers of America or something like that, mm -hmm. BEA, whatever the acronym stands for. And every year they're like, oh, do you have any candidates to put forward? And, you know, uh, it just so happens there's five black people at work um, out of 200, 250. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, this year, two of them retired. <laughs> One's retiring. It's like they're dwindling oh, down. Good. And I, oh, yes, and I remember when I got there, I was like, um, I don't mean to like twitch here. but like, <laughs> And the problem for them was like, they got tired of being asked if it was okay if they could be a candidate for this award because, like, every time you do this, it reminds me that you think I'm different. And when I'm here, I don't feel different. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's it's already homogenized this environment of engineers to be all these one people that that they don't even want to remember diversity because they're in their mind, they're all one. They don't, it, it, like, it's an extra burden to be reminded that, oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and 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 that it's a good point I think for the people who are in charge that they can't fall into that trap. They have to facilitate to make the environment diverse, no matter what. Um, it, otherwise, you'll get to work and it'll be one way, and then when you get out of work, it'll be a completely different way. And that's what you want to try to avoid, uh, right? In that position. Yeah, and um, and that that goes back to the fact that you can't just hire diversely. Yeah. You have to make a truly inclusive culture so that it's not a a tokenism thing. Right. You know? Um, of course. I'm also of the opinion. I was like, wait a minute. Um, where's my gay award for working here? I'm First of all, there are not enough gay men where I work. Now, I don't know if that's because gay men can't do math or what. But I swear to God, there's maybe four. There's maybe four gay guys and one trans guy. And I'm sorry, we need a club. We need representation. You know, someone says, you want to start a club? You want an award? My answer is, fuck yeah. I'm all about it. But that's also a sign of my privilege. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, it's, I would say that of all the things that affect, um, you know, that, that sort of like, I, I guess, quote unquote, marginalize me, right? I think the only thing that anybody would say upon meeting me is like, oh, okay, well, being a woman, I guess, I don't know, right? But honestly, the thing that has marginalized me most has been my neurodiversity. Yeah. Um, people do not get me. They do not understand. And even when they know they don't get what that means in the context of work. I, I'll, I'll add to that saying it's your neurodiversity um, attached to being a female. Mm. Yes. 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 Good. Very good point. If your last name was, uh, you know, Bonaparte. Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, your neurodiversity would come in quite handy. Right. Exactly. Like if I, yeah, if I were a man, they would see me as a straight shooter. Yeah. <laughs> you know now what I mean? There's a leader, a revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. I like, yeah. What she's saying is really. They'd want to understand you. <laughs> right. Right. And if they didn't, they would think it was on them. Right. They're lacking somehow. Right. But 
Yeah, it's and and the thing is, what's what's a bummer about that is that, um, my fucked up brain is exactly why I'm really good at my job. Mm-hmm. It is exactly why I see connections that other people don't see. It's why I can think forward about things because if you have ADHD and anxiety, your brain is a moving lightning fast, b it is bouncing everywhere and see it is already worried about every possible eventuality there is in the history of humankind and therefore you have made a plan for all that shit mm-hmm. and so you can see the the signs coming because you've played it all out a million different ways you're dr you know, strange in the multiverse yeah you know exactly what it's going to look like so when you start seeing clues you're like oh this is this is the 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 eventuality right so, oh, okay, I can see that because this, this, and this happened, eventualities A through Z and X through what those are gone. I'm now narrowed down to these eventualities, right? And so you just start picking things apart. And if you tell somebody, hey, we're on this pathway, right? And here's what's going to happen unless we change at this or this juncture, they think you're crazy. They think that you're full of yourself. They think that you think you're smarter than everybody. You don't. You're not smarter than anybody. It's just that your brain has already pictured a billion different ways this could go. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's, you know, and, and if it were a man, they'd be like, oh, he's a visionary, you know? But it's me, so I'm just some asshole who thinks they're smarter than everybody. <laughs> Which anybody who, like, it's, it's again, we've talked about this. It's so funny because I'm seen as somebody who's, like, trying to make a name for myself and I'm trying to get ahead, which all of that could not be further from the truth. And it's absolutely laughable to anybody who knows me. It's just that I see a thing and I got to tell the people that I see a thing. I just want to help. I don't want anybody to even know that it was me who said the thing. I just want people to know that it's going to happen. You know what I mean? And every time I anticipate something and I tell people and they bro- they blow me off and then it happens, they always think, oh, she just, it was a lucky guess. <laughs> and it happens over and over and over and over and again. And they just continue to think it's a lucky guess. And I'm like, what do you, what exactly do you think is happening here? It's a disorder, people. <laughs> right. It is dis- exactly, exactly. This is a disorder. This is not. It's like you, 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 you marginalize the rest, all the things that suck about this. You like, you know, you, but then the one great thing that comes out of it, you're like, no, fuck that. <laughs> Right, right. You'll point out how how my brain is different every chance you get when it's an annoyance to you. Right. But the one time it could benefit people. Her one value people. Jeez, the only thing that I'm good at and nobody listens to me. (laughs) This is why I have no marketable skill. Right. It's like, like, you know. A genius CEO would hire you just to sit like in the antechamber of his office and come up with ideas <laughs> and just claim them as his own because he could move them forward. You know what? It's funny you say that because the CEO actually did sit next to me at a dinner party 
And, oh, we talked about this. And I, like, I told people, don't let me near him because I've had two drinks and I won't right. shut up. And then they <laughs> they let him sit down next to me. Fuck it. I, I don't think let is the word. I think they made him sit next to you. <laughs> no. It, anyway, yeah, like, that was a whole. But we talked about something and he was like, see, this is why people think I'm smart. I listen to people like that and I just, people think it was my idea and I mm-hmm. get all the credit. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah you should listen to me more. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it's, you know, but the thing is like, we have a lot of people like that in our company. I like, obviously I'm not there. There's a ton of neurodiverse people everywhere. Um, This is not uniquely my experience by any means. There's tons of people in our company that are like that. And nobody listens to any of us. We're all kind of like shoved into these like corners and, um, you know, like, Misfits. It, yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. And like, typically, a lot of neuro, neuro atypical people like me, aren't ambitious and don't have the social skills to climb a social ladder. And therefore, we don't get listened to. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they're like, Oh, what does that person know? They're just a, you know, like our coders, you know, you think there's not a whole bunch of the tism in the coding department? <laughs> Come on. Right. And they have brilliant ideas about things that nobody listens to, you know. Um, But it happens, you know, it happens all the time. And it's the it's it's the same thing, um, you know, with people that you you immediately identify as diverse. Right. Like people of color are consistently not seen for the talents that they have because they're just seen as a person of color. Mm-hmm. So even if they, even if the hiring managers see the value of hiring a person of color, they then are only focused on that piece of their value, yeah, and not them as a whole person. Like my um, my friend is um, one of the best managers I've ever had in my life, and. Um, she is, as far as I know, the first female of color manager in the whole company, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how does that happen? They'll hire women of color for HR. They'll hire women of color... For um, like the L and D team specifically in diversity, where are the women of color managers? Where are they in the accounting department? Where are they in the uh, product department? Nowhere. Well, first of all, we don't trust women, so we're going to put them in the place that don't matter, like HR and work diversity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's another thing. So this this cracked me up. So one thing that they noticed as a diversity problem was that we didn't have enough men. <laughs> what have you done with them, Debbie? Where did they go? So here's the thing. We hire a bunch of educators, right? We're hiring a bunch of teachers. Um, so women in education very, very, very rarely get to administrative positions where they're making a decent living. 
Therefore, they are much easier to recruit out of education than a man who sees that, give me a few years and I can make 200 grand a year as an administrator Mm -hmm. versus a woman who says, I'm going to toil my whole life for 50, 60 grand a year. (laughs) Right? So there is a reason that we're able to hire out really high quality women who, who should be on an administrative path, but just because they're a woman will never make it. Meanwhile, if you're able to recruit a man out of education, it's because he is not competent enough to make it to administrative levels. Mm. So the fact that we don't hire enough men is a red herring. (laughs) It's not really. And, and the truth is like, we've, we've hired men and half of them are either pretty good or great. And the other half do not listen. They come in and immediately think that they know better than everybody in the room. And they need a ton of coaching and don't always last because they are unwilling to sit back. They don't see the value, I should say. They don't see the value in sitting back and watching the way other people do things. Mm. Are, are you trying to say that if we paid teachers 200 grand a year, there would be more men available um, yeah. to you? That is, that is what I'm saying. Well, I'm going to have to sit on that for a while and think really hard about what that might mean. Hmm. Hmm. There's something there. (laughs) I can't put my finger on it, but. Um, yeah. And, you know, just because we hire a lot of women doesn't mean that we're treating them great either. You know, there's a lot of considerations we don't make for people. Like we, like I've, I've told you how as a woman, I have so many more considerations um, about my safety while I'm mm-hmm. traveling mm-hmm. that my male colleagues just don't have to worry about. Right? right. So like there are burdens that are on female employees in this position that are not on men. And I guarantee on average, we don't make as much. Yeah. Um, and women of color, they should be getting hazard pay because for them to walk on any old campus anywhere in rural America, they, there is a legitimate danger that they will be physically harmed. Mm. And like the best case scenario in some of these places is that nobody will say something to them out loud. Yeah. That's the best case scenario they can hope for in a lot of these places. Good manners. That's the best case scenario. Best case scenario is that they'll keep their bigotry to themselves. I like, I like as a, as a woman, like I go on to some of these places and I'm just like, you have got to be kidding me. Um, And that's as a white woman. I just, I can't, (laughs) you know, and again, this, this circles back to the idea that if you really do value diversity in the workplace, you have to make it a safe place to be a person of color, to be somebody who is LGBTQ and obvious, to be like 
openly yourself and not a cis straight white man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once it's a safe place to be, then it needs to be an inclusive and equitable place to be. And then it needs to be the place that you belong, but you're not going to get any benefits in the workplace until you get there. Yeah. So anyway, any final thoughts? Um, well, it, it's the, I'll go back to comfort. Like, you know, similarities are comfortable. Strength comes from differences. Mm. So, I mean, <laughs> I was talking about difference of, of thought, like, we have to do personality exams right now. And, you know, they're not even, there's not even empirical evidence to support them, but they help us give us an idea of, of how we might compose teams that have more than one, you know, way to do things. Yeah. Uh, it, it's crucial because the more diverse it is, the more likely it is that people will work better together, have better results together, um, succeed yeah, I mean, they directly tie diversity and psychological safety to the most creative, innovative teams. Yeah. It's the, the research on that is so crystal clear. There's no debating that. That's just true. Um, and, and yet it seems to still be a struggle to get people to fully invest in the process that it takes to get there. Yeah. So I guess... Um, lesson is if you have any influence wherever you work maybe work on <laughs> making Just it a re- good environment for everybody yeah, realize you don't get to be the lazy one okay the lazy ones mm-hmm. that they, they don't get to be the leaders so pick a pick a lane and go there Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lazy leaders I'm sure there's a book already. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm a hundred percent positive. There's no recliner on the top of the mountain. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you as always for talking to me about this. My pleasure. And thank you listeners for coming along. You can find us on Instagram at not a life coach podcast, and you can email the show at not a life coach podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. We love you. Goodbye. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.